Welcome to the Elevated Performance Podcast. We are current physical therapy students dedicated to helping our listeners elevate themselves through school, business, and fitness. Let's level up. Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of the Elevated Performance Podcast. Um, as always, I'm Ryan. And I'm Tony. Yeah, and on today's uh, episode, we have, um, we're going to discuss a little bit about the NPTE, go into basically tips for um, exam day, uh, tips to stay focused, and uh, we'll get some intel from somebody who's already taken the exam, passed the exam, first try. So yeah, what better way? Yeah, so... If you don't know, he's talking about me, Tony. Um, <laughs> I took the exam in January, passed it, um, and now I'm officially a PT. But ooh, we ooh. got an, yeah, we have another um, exam coming up for people who are taking the MPTE on uh, April 28th. So we figured we'd put out an episode giving you all some tips on how to take the exam, what to expect on exam day, you know, how to answer uh test questions, what it covered. And I'll also kind of talk a bit about um, what resources I took or used to help myself um, with studying for the exam and going forth. But uh, Ryan, before we get into that, how you doing, man? I want to check in. I'm doing well, man. Uh, Just grinding. Um, You know, no exams this week in PT school. So um, it's good to like finally uh, take a take a deep breath and you know not stress out constantly so uh things are looking up I've been able to, to go to the gym more consistently again this week last week was pretty bad just three big exams um and then yesterday I actually uh I got to help out at a basketball camp for uh, m1 hoops uh, um, in Phoenix uh, it was very cool got to got to work with a lot of the young bucks coming up and it was a good time good vibes man uh, just being around the game of basketball. So that was cool. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how you, are you though, man? Good. Um, did you uh, teach him how to miss all your shots and then get like 10 rebounds in a row? Like you usually do on the court? What I did. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta pat the stats, man. Yeah. I gotta show the youngins. <laughs> like if you want the triple doubles, you gotta miss, you gotta do. And then what I did is I just showed him a video you hoop and, and I was like, yo, this is what you don't do. Yeah. 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 So boom, yeah, they got it. That's, pretty, how, that's how you teach people show them what you don't want them to do. Um, and then I'll do the opposite. So I'm glad 100%. that I was able to help out those kids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw you. Yeah, hooping at like, <laughs> Yeah. I saw you hooping at like what, like 5 a.m. One of these mornings. Yeah. I've been trying to go. Yeah. Uh, like, at least three, four times a week. I got a, a, a crew that I kind of run with uh, at the Y Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And then I try to do a little bit, get back into like some skill work um, the other two days. Uh, like I said, the last week was tough. So didn't find myself at the gym much, but yeah, I just trying to be consistent. Um, and I'm trying to finally get a freaking three point jumper, man. Never had one. So, you know, why not try and get one? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the three is so much more crucial in the way people play, even just pick up. Um, yeah. You, you got to have it. Uh, yeah. So I've been, I've been doing good. Except just, hold up. Except at the, at the IMA, it was the equalizer. We always played all ones. It doesn't matter. You're good to go. I'm never shooting threes there. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, so, man, go ahead. Let, yeah, let the I made I made was perfect because yeah, we all we played all ones, no ones and twos, no twos and threes, just ones. So unless you're knockdown three point shooter, you're driving to the paint, yeah. you're passing, you're making, you're playing smarter basketball is how I would put it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been good. Yes, uh, work is uh, it's starting to pick up a little bit. So if you get, for you guys who may not know. I just started working as a um, pediatric home health physical therapist. So I'm working with kids, going to their homes and, you know, treating them there. It's starting to pick up. I'm starting to like it a lot more. Um, I just got some younger kids who just got out of the uh, um, NICU. Um, so like, you know, a month or two old. And yeah. those kids are always really interesting to work with. Um, but yeah, I, I'm liking it a lot. I haven't been consistent as as much with working out or playing ball or, or what have you. So this last week I started playing a little bit more ball. I was actually playing with our friend uh, Stuart because he's going to school down here at USA. And yes, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good time. Shout out Stu. Um, um, and I'm trying to get back in shape, you know, try to get back in the gym a little bit more, get a, bit, a little bit more consistent because I've just been really bad this last month. But yeah, it's been going good. Uh, weather is getting real nice out here in Austin, Texas as it always is in April. And yeah. Oh yeah. You better get yourself right then. Sun's coming out, man. We got to throw away our t-shirts for, uh, for summer. So got to <laughs> get in the gym. I don't know. I might just uh, go with a dad bod 2021. Or They're maybe, still uh, in. maybe just a Corona bod. Seeing as everyone that works, at, uh, yeah. at home for a year. Yeah. Valid that could excuse. Be it. I think, I think it's okay. I think it's a valid excuse. <laughs> I've been rocking the Corona bod since 2018. So <laughs> <laughs> since, since the the OG coronavirus, not even this is the OG, yeah. Damn. Um, all right, yeah. So we're gonna talk a little bit about yeah. uh, the National Physical Therapy Exam. Um, Alrighty, yeah. So uh, yeah, since you you kind of have the expertise on this, I'll go ahead and kind of we'll do this kind of like interview style. So basically. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners what the, the NPT is and uh, a little bit about that, okay? Yeah, so the NPT is the National Physical Therapy Exam. So it's the exam you got to take at the end of physical therapy school um, to get to become a licensed physical therapist. Um, so according to the Federation of State Boards of Physical Therapy, that's the people in charge of physical therapy, um, the exam is to help ensure that only the individuals who have the requisite knowledge of physical therapy are licensed to practice and also helps regulate um, standards from state to state. So you have the same taste, the same test, excuse me, state to state um, in different um, jurisdictions. And then, so you have the same standard of physical therapy, potentially, at least at the base level um, from state to state. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really it. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big test. It's kind of, it's what you work towards, you know, throughout school, right? You go through all the school and then this big test is like everything essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So that kind of covered what, so like what exactly is on the exam? So we go through, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, for anybody who was in a doctorate of physical therapy program, um, there's two years of didactic work, which is basically your schooling. So, um, you're learning, you're in class, uh, two years of that. And then for most, um, most universities, most, uh, most schools, it's a year of clinicals. Um, you know, some, some, uh, some universities split it up differently. 
you know, you might have a, a clinical between first or second year, second or third year, whatever. Um, but yeah, typically it's that two years of schooling and then one year of um, in the clinic, in the field working. So like, could you kind of give us a rough estimate? Is it like, is there little sections from basically every class we take or? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as like domains that are covered or categories. So the domains yeah. that they cover, um, the main ones are cardiovascular slash pulmonary slash lymphatic system. Then there's musculoskeletal system. And then there's neuromuscular and nervous system. So those are like the big three. Then you also have integumentary system, other systems, which typically that's, you know, metabolic, endocrine, gastrointestinal, GI. There you go. Out. Um, and then system <laughs> interactions. So all the different systems or domains interacting with each other. And then non-systems, mm -hmm. which is just like random other stuff um, that don't really fall okay. into those different domains. So gotcha. those are all the class. Those are all covered through the classes that you take um, in PT school. Right from mm -hmm. you know gross anatomy to pediatrics or um, you know admin or things that you're taking you know, later in your in your courses right from day one to the last day mm -hmm. all that stuff is kind of covered but you can also look at it as a category so you know physical therapy examination skills evaluation skills differential diagnosis prognosis uh, interventions equipment and devices safety and, and safety and protection. Uh, professional responsibility and research and evidence-based practice. So you can look at okay. questions um, differently. You can look at them as a question about examination, or you can look at it as a question about, you know, maybe musculoskeletal system. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so is the breakdown, is it like um, a, a lot of, a lot of times our professors will give us case-based questions. So, you know, they give us an example, a patient da -da -da, comes in, presents with this, how do you treat it? What do you do? Or, you know, what's the diagnosis, blah, blah, blah. Um, is that similar to the format on the national physical therapy exam? Or is it more just like, this is that, or, you know what I mean? Like this is, yeah. The, so this means Crohn's disease, whatever, same like stuff like that. Yeah. So typically a lot of the questions are going to be like that. It's going to be a short um, blurb and maybe one sentence, maybe two, three, mm -hmm. four, sometimes even. Um, and it could present a little case of a patient, you know, you have this patient, 90 year old female um, coming in with this um, and you want to work on, you know, decreasing pain. What intervention is the, be is the best uh, strategy, right? Um, Symptom modulation. <laughs> but it can be more specific, right? You're going to have to know it's like, yeah. you know, things that like work for pain modulation or symptom mod modulation. Um, but then it's going to name specific interventions and you have to know, oh, this is the best one, right? Um, gotcha. And so it's like that in all your classes, right? But in your classes, it's yeah. typically, you know, a gross anatomy question, a musculoskeletal system question, a nervous system question. On the boards, mm -hmm. it's all mixed up into all each other. They, they kind of combine them a lot. Yeah. And then you can have a musculoskeletal system majority question. So it's majority about the musculoskeletal system. And then the next question could mm -hmm. be about integumentary, right? Um, and for me, that, that kills my flow because I, I have to kind of yeah. switch my, my uh, process of thinking to like different systems. And so it does 100%. really challenge to have that full knowledge of all the scopes of physical therapy um, at okay. an entry level. Definitely. So yeah, it's basically, um, it's not like, um, 
this is a, a section on MSK. This is like like that. It's just it just flows and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. it's uh okay. it, it, it's a five hour test. I hope you're taking it Ooh. on the twenty eighth. You know this already. Um, but <laughs> so it's a five hour buckle test. Buckle in, yeah. Yeah, buckle in. Um, you have one scheduled fifteen minute break after the second set section. Each section is uh, 50 questions. So you can take unscheduled breaks, but the uh, um, time keeps running. Okay. Uh, each section is 50 questions. So it's a total of 250 questions, right? But it's a funny little thing okay. where you take 250 questions, but actually 200 questions are graded um, and considered part of your score. The other 50 questions are essentially pilot questions, and they're using you mm -hmm. as test subjects to see if those questions are as valid as other questions, so then they can use it for future uh, tests. Sounds like the GRE all over again, man. There was that one yeah. section where they didn't tell you and it was like, oh, this might be the one that's graded or not, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exact same thing. Um, and so what I did as I was taking it, as I'm like, you know, reading a hard question, I'm just like, well, this is the pilot question. I don't, it doesn't matter to my score. <laughs> I just like convinced myself in the go. moment that that was what there was happening. Go um Psych yourself yeah up. so there, there it, is. <laughs> it is a little annoying that you do have to take an extra 50 questions right that's a whole extra hour um but at the same time you, you someone has to do it and it's the best option is us um to make sure the questions that people take on the exam are valid and appropriate and you know doing mm -hmm. targeting what they're supposed to target right it's kind of like we're paying exactly. it forward to the uh, next people taking the test yeah, hundred percent. Um, and then so we we kind of got one over, uh, you know, how many questions, time, and all that. Can you talk a little bit about the score breakdown, what you need to pass, and and how it works, how the scoring works? Yeah, so it's um there isn't like a specific percentage. It's a a score range of two hundred to eight hundred, and a score six hundred is the passing cutoff, right? So you get a six hundred or higher, you pass. And okay. Don't think of that as a, a specific percentage because um, the uh, MPTE test form, so there's multiple versions of the test, right? The person next to you isn't getting the same version as you're getting. Um, each test okay. form is um, criterion referenced, which means that there's a specific mm -hmm. uh, passing score for each test form. Um, so in terms of the okay. amount of questions you need to get right, so it's not graded on a curve. It's not a, oh, you get a 75% <laughs> and you pass, right? It is a specific yeah. cutoff for each test form. Um, and do you, do you have to hit the cutoff on each test form? Is that how it works? So when I say test form, I mean the entire test, right? Uh, I don't oh, mean okay. sections. Uh, and okay, no, you okay, don't okay. have to hit the cutoff on each section. It's a it's the total grade. It's the total. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Can you give us um, basically what? What was the thing that you did on test day that kind of calmed your nerves down and helped you settle in for, you know, something that was not only going to take five hours, that's something you've been working three years towards and, you know, it could, well, it's not going to go away, but, you know, you might not be able to be a licensed physician as soon as, you know, as soon as you finish the exam. What What's one thing that you did to kind of, uh, you know, keep your, keep a clear head and everything? Um, the number one thing I did was, um, so I use a lot of, um, practice question resources. So, um, I 
purchased the therapy ed uh, MPTE uh, practice book. They have three practice exams on there, um, two, 200 questions each. I also purchased uh, TrueLearn. They have over a thousand questions online um, and okay. they're a really cool resource. Um, so I did a lot of practice questions. I essentially set up my practice um, situations like I was taking the actual MPTE. So yeah, I did, I did, you know, I worked up my tolerance, but you know, I did, you know, three hours worth of questions, then four hours at the same pace that I would expect myself to uh, do on the MPTE. Um, okay. And then I just kind of kept doing that up until uh, the week, week and a half before the test day. And that helped me build up the tolerance to, you know, be able to take a five hour test, right? And not, you know, two hours in, just be tired and like losing focus. Burnt it's out. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it's burnt. Because really after that third hour, it's going to be harder to com comprehend questions. It's going to be harder to read. It's going to harder. It's going to be harder to critically analyze concepts. Um, and so mm -hmm. you've got to build up that tolerance um even just like speaking from personal experience um most of our exams in our coursework is a roughly like 50 to 60 questions on average right around there which is um i feel pretty solid with that uh especially with the time limit i never even take the full a lot amount of time but when well, we've had a few exams that have been like 80 to 90 questions and by 60, man, I'm just feeling burnt out. It's like, I don't even want, you know, it's like hard to even focus in on what the questions are saying. Um, and then I'm just kind of like, eh, let's get this over with, you know? So um, I think that's, it's going to be key. It's going to be big to kind of really settle in and uh, realize that you got a five hour exam on your, on, you know, on your hands. So. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Um, I like, I like the building up tolerance thing. Yeah. That's, you that definitely. Fun you definitely got to pace yourself, right? Um, so 50, yeah. 50 questions a section, five sections total. Um, I try to keep myself at a pace of about one minute a question or less. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So that way um, I have my, you know, my break and the potential time for other unscheduled breaks. But also if I had a hard question that I was really stumped on, um, I could mm -hmm. spend two, three, four, five minutes or even more on it without feeling like, I'm running out of time. There's a ticking time bomb about to explode, right? Um, yeah. So I try to like kind of hedge for less than a minute for each question. That way I had some more time on those harder questions. And also, again, three hours in, I'm going to be slower than before, right? So it gave me time when I started yeah. at, a, at a fast pace to slow down later on when I'm getting a little more mentally fatigued and okay. still do pretty well. Um, I did have a quick question. So, uh, you know, we were talking about um, questions and going through them for us, uh, for me and uh, my classmates um, at ATSU, we, uh, we take our exams through lockdown browser, which, you know, because of COVID uh, we take them from home and we got a webcam and all that. We have scanner room, all that. Um, but it allows us to uh, mark a question uh, to potentially come back later if we're struggling with it. Is that something that the MPT uh, exam has, or um, is that not an option? Yeah, that's an option. So you can do that within a section. So 50 questions in one section, you can mark a, um, a question or answer choice and then come back to it at the end. But once you finish okay. one section, you can't come back to it later. Okay. 
So as soon as you you submit or have finished the section, no coming back. Yep, exactly. Okay. Okay, cool. And then um, so for for test taking for me, um, I think I really like developed this kind of um, system in uh, grad school and PT school is uh, being sure to not second guess myself. So uh, I have a lot of friends that like take, uh, you know, uh, some, some, some take the whole allotted time to take an exam. And I'm usually pretty quick with mine just because I made like, uh, I made a point to not go back and second guess myself because I've done it in the past. And it really like, you don't remember the ones you miss but you remember the ones you changed and missed. Right. So like oh, yeah. you had, you had a question, you, you know, you had a feeling that you come back to it, you change it, you see your score later, like, Oh my God, I, you know, I had that right. My score could have been this and that. So that's one thing um, I think I'll definitely carry out through PT school. And I think um, as well as the, you know, the national physical therapy exam as well, just to, to not second guess myself and uh, remain confident and uh, show that I, you know, I know the answers and, and be confident in yourself. Is that something that you did as well? Or were you somebody who really like went over like two, three times answers and whatnot? No, I did the exact same thing. So some of the resources, so the uh, therapy ed book also says, don't second guess yourself. I, was, I listened to a podcast. It's a uh, Kyle Rice podcast. He, oh yeah. Uh, I know him. He helps with well, uh, students yeah, with MPT prep yeah, and stuff. The um, MPT, uh, MPTE clinical files. So the MPTE cool. clinical files uh, podcast by Kyle Rice. And he was really great about giving you the mindset on how to answer questions appropriately. Um, mm -hmm. And I got a lot of tips from him and also just what I've learned from taking multiple choice uh, question exams yeah. for since forever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, never second guess yourself. It's usually your gut is right unless there's new information or you remembered something specifically, don't second guess mm -hmm. yourself. Usually that subconscious has it in there correctly. Um, definitely sure. when you're taking the exam, learn to read the uh, stem of the question carefully, uh, figure out what the focus of the question is, and then go one by one through the answer choices, eliminating option one option at a time. And then it gives you a very logical process of like going through the um, question to get to the right answer choice. I typically do it that way, but some other people actually like to look at the answer choices first so that they could focus in on a specific um, topic or frame of mind and then read the question. I can't do that because then I sometimes shoehorn myself um, and like just have blinders on to like something specific I see in the answer choices. And then I just miss the what that question was actually what asking. the question was even asking yeah yeah no yeah I, i'm the same way man i've heard people that do that who like to you know see the answers or the questions first um and i think actually for the gre there was like a the it was like the written or not the written but like uh like the verbal or whatever section that actually did that but it was like it was a question it was like you know what the paragraph line whatever and you know which would lead you right to it but as far as like these kind of exams that's definitely not something that i've yeah i've utilized or found beneficial yeah i mean sometimes if the question is so long then that helps because then <laughs> you you can get past the fluff and like as you're reading the question realize that this sentence is what's important um or sometimes, so the questions can sometimes be like basically a case like study or a case presentation of a patient. 
has a bunch of stuff in there. And then the answer choices, or the very last part of the question is just asking about um, a contraindication of the medication that they're taking, right? And so okay. you could read yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. question and be trying to, you're taking in everything you're reading about, you know, the age, their BMI, their, you know, their medical history, what they're coming in, yeah. you're treating them for. But then the question mm -hmm. is just about the medication they they asked, they uh, mentioned yeah. once, right? And then you just gotcha. wasted a lot of time thinking about a lot of things. Reading. Yeah, yeah just reading, reading, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you, man. So it, it kind of depends, and you can always make that choice, right? Again, at this stage, you've taken a lot of practice exams, right? Um, yeah. You've been doing a lot of work, and you've probably figured out what works best for you or what doesn't work. Um, and definitely another thing that um, I try to do, especially for tests like this, or on questions that I'm confused or just I don't have I don't know where what it's asking or I'm just confused or I'm having trouble understanding the approach the question is going for. Um, there's a couple tips you can use to uh, read a question and, and uh, look at answer choices and eliminate some answer choices. Uh, one number one thing is you can look for opposites. So an example is inversion, eversion, right? Or hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, you know, acidosis, alkalosis. Opposites, logically, it can't be bo both of those answers can't be right, right? And if you eliminate, if you can eliminate both opposites, chances are, um, so if you can eliminate both opposites, then you already know two of the four uh, options are incorrect, right? If you mm -hmm. can't eliminate both of them, then likely one of the answers are one of the opposites, right? Um, gotcha. Another way you can look at questions is you could identify similar answer choices. So if it says the same thing, but for a slightly different, then it's the same thing. They can't be both right. Mm -hmm. It's neither of those two. Now you have the two other answer choices that you have to, you can focus on. But again, if they're very similar, but still different at, at, a, at a certain level, right? So it could, it could seem very similar, but if you actually, when you actually look at it and read it, you think, oh wait, that's actually technically different. That's something that you should key in and be like, okay, yeah, I should focus in on that because they try to trick us and think, try to almost trick us. And you had to really know the details of that subject to realize there are two different things. So mm -hmm. again, making sure you have the knowledge um, on, on everything that you need so that you can make those, yeah. uh, those choices right there. Um, those are, so those are kind of the two or three big things I usually do to help answer a question, especially if I have no clue. Other mm -hmm. things you need to watch out for is, you know, uh, questions that say best, most, first, marked, least, contraindicated, indicated, um, mm -hmm. all those kind of things, because you have the same question and it says best instead of least. Completely different different answers, right? And I've messed up on practice yeah. exams, and I've I've, I've done, I messed up in exams in the past, and I've done that and misread a Same. question, right? Yeah. Um, and then a last thing I do is, especially for the MPTE, is they're so concerned about safety and you know being appropriate with your patients, right? So a lot of times you don't know the answer, and there's a there's a answer choice that is basically like call the doctor or you know start doing you know. Uh, CPR or something like that, something concerned about survival or safety or something's contraindicated, mm -hmm. right? Um, typically, that might be the answer because they were trying to alert you to the importance of whatever the question um, is, right? So a lot of mm -hmm. times, you know, you can get a case and then 
a patient is presenting a certain way after something and you should know that's a red flag and you know either stop what you're doing or you know call 911 etc right and those type of questions if you don't know what's going on i would just guess the the safety uh option and that's worked out for me so far that's good man uh it's funny that uh you brought that up at the end just because uh we're in differential diagnosis and that's basically like the whole class like yellow flags red flags non-urgent yep. referrals emergent referrals so um interesting class uh learning a lot but yeah I, I will tell you something funny about that class when i took it um i took the midterm and i had a fever sinus infection and then two days later i realized i had pneumonia um and i got a really good grade and i took the final completely healthy and i bombed it and i just that class <laughs> just never made any sense to me i was like literally just a fever high just answering questions i got it killed it and then the final it just i it was it made no sense yeah man it's a it's a difficult class though and it's so essential because uh you know the you know the with the emergent and urgent referrals that you, you know a physical therapist potentially have to make that's a potentially life or death situation so it's very important um you know, it's, it's a little dry, um, I would say content based, but you know, uh, this is, you know, while we're going to school and, uh, you know, yeah. while we're taking I all mean, these classes to, it's, it's a big part properly. Yeah. It's a big part of, you know, being a primary care, um, health uh, practitioner, right? So if, if a patient mm -hmm. comes to you and they haven't gone to a physician or someone else and they come to you, you need to know that whatever yeah. is going on, if it's something that's not PT related and it's something that needs to be referred or stepped up a level to a neurologist or their physician yeah. or 911, you need to exactly. be able to spot those things. Um, yeah. Or else we're not doctors or physical therapy. I mean, it, it's honestly, it's kind exactly. of that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree, man. Um, Actually, yeah, I um I think this was a, a, a great um, kind of uh, segue into uh, you know the National Physical Therapy Exam and uh, what our listeners can uh, can uh, look forward to. <laughs> yeah, so anyone who's taking it on April twenty eighth, twenty twenty one, coming up. Good luck. You got it. Yeah. Stay calm. You know, it's just one test, and guess what? If you fail it, you can take it again. Like it's no it's no big deal. And also, no one really fails it, so you're probably okay. Let's be real. Um, yeah, I just like to reiterate what Tony said, man. Um, we've all been working hard, and this is just basically showing, you know, show your knowledge. So it doesn't make or break you, uh, pass or fail. And um, yeah, we just want to wish you guys luck from the RTC boys. Um, you guys are all gonna do great, and um, yeah, we believe in y'all. So get it done. Alrighty, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Elevator Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed that episode, please like, subscribe, and review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. And feel free to hit us up anytime on Instagram at rtc.performance or on our Facebook page at the Elevator Performance Podcast. All right, see y'all in a week for our next episode. And make sure to elevate your game.